welcome to this week's episode of the Horse with No Name podcast. My name is Zach Freeman. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Bob McMichael. A couple different things we're going to do today on this week's episode. We're going to talk with a couple of different Tylers. We're going to talk with Tyler Norris, uh, as he was the head of the student-led group that helped raise money for the uh, stadium project, the Donald H. Funk Field. We're going to recap a week a little bit and then end with another Tyler, Tyler Hilton. We're going to talk some men's basketball with Tyler and uh, his sort of four years throughout uh, the program, a couple different coaches, uh, a couple different uh, playing situations, and now he's really found his group here as a senior, uh, playing some good minutes and playing some good basketball for the Chargers, who will host Karen on Saturday night. Uh, scheduling change uh, galore here this week as the snow has come to central Pennsylvania once again. So we'll recap all that, talk some things for next week as well. But first, we want to welcome Tyler Norris to the podcast. Tyler, how are you today? I'm doing well, Zach. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here with us. Uh, Big deal here in the last couple of weeks uh, as we had our day of giving on February 3rd and uh, you kind of headed that up. Why don't you uh, talk to the, the folks here a little bit about that project, kind of where it came from and what, uh, what the group uh, has some aspirations for. We're going get, to get into a little bit, but um, I think one of the cool things uh, for you anyway uh, is that you're not going to use the Donald H. Trump field. You, you play basketball, you do play tennis as well, but uh, we don't have tennis courts there either. Uh, you're never going to play on this field. Uh, you may sit in the bleachers or, excuse me, the, the, the seats uh, here in a couple of years. But I guess the big question I have, and, and maybe as people who are going to listen to this, is why would a men's basketball player, along with a couple other people who aren't going to use the field because they've since graduated, things like that, why would you head up a group raising money for something you're not going to use? Yeah. Um, well, LBC has made a big impact on my life. And um, LBC has introduced me to people who have helped me become a disciple of Christ. And I just totally believe in the mission of LBC. And I think if you're a part of the body of Christ and, and you've been changed by, um, by Christ and, and different people that Christ has brought into your life, then you want to do the same for others. So I can share that's the heart of my, my team and myself that um, although we might not be using the field, we want to continue to grow and expand uh, LBC so that students have more opportunities to, um, to attend LBC. Like we want more students coming to LBC, but we also just want uh, to enhance student experience while students are here. So, um, and that's all for the purpose because I love LBC community and um, believe in the all platform so that more students come and are shaped as disciples and are introduced to the amazing community and professors um, that I've been so blessed by the four years I've been here. That's fantastic. Um, what were some of the, uh, the challenges that the group had to overcome during the process in planning for that day of giving on February 3rd? Yeah, so <laughs> it seemed like uh, there was quite a few challenges. It seemed like the, the devil was really trying to trip us up. Um, I mean, the first thing is, is – Really, um, we have been part of a, a countercultural effort. Um, and what I mean by that is it's very unusual for current students to already start giving back to their institution. And we also had a big goal behind what we were trying to do. Our, our goal has been to raise $100,000. So I think the biggest, the first and biggest challenge that we faced was um, just a lot of, of doubt, a lot of people saying like, you know, this can't be done. Why are you doing this? Um, 
So even friends that are really close to me are like that support me and, and what I do or even like, man, like this is, this is kind of crazy. I can't believe you're doing all this. So um, kind of uh, really com- being able to effectively communicate our heart and why we're doing what we're doing was a challenge to overcome. Um, a couple more logistical challenges was our event was structured around the student center here and um, the student center ended up getting closed down for the week due to just concerns with COVID and, and too many people congregating there. So then we had to move our, our station to the CFAC, which was, it worked out okay, but it, we didn't get as much traffic as we would have had in the student center. Um, and then I guess another challenge would just be, this was a first time event. So there was definitely many times as I'm communicating to people and people are asking me questions where I'm just like, man, I don't know the answer. And, um, and then just a lot of obstacles of figuring, figuring out the logistics and how things would work out since it was a first time event and uh, we were learning as we were going. So the, the group uh, was able to raise a, a good amount of money on that, on that day, February 3rd. Um, the $1 million gift that we got uh, was not necessarily a result of that day, but was mailed right around that day and received a couple of days later um, what was your reaction when you heard the news that, uh, <laughs> big goal of everything, regardless of it came from your group's efforts or, or advancement, uh, efforts, uh, on our campus, when you heard the news that the, the goal that you guys had set out to at least partially accomplished of finishing this or the second phase here of the Dominic Schwenkfield stadium project, what was your reaction? <laughs> well, <laughs> People who know me, Zach, know that I'm very shy. So uh, <laughs> a little sarcasm there. My reaction, I first heard about it in chapel. Um, President Ketis recorded a video announcement and played it in chapel. So when I heard that in chapel, I couldn't help myself. And I was just like, Whoa, like really loud, like, let's go. And <laughs> everyone in chapel was looking at me because I was going crazy. <laughs> But I was I was so excited that I, I couldn't hold it in and and uh, that was my reaction. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I was there. I had a couple of woos uh, from from the back, so that I like. <laughs> <laughs> that was me, Zach. That was me. <laughs> I had no doubt in my mind immediately. That's fine. Uh, I've been around you enough. Uh, but so again, this group has raised um, raised money on on February third. Has since raised money through a couple of other uh, fundraisers as well. Talk a little bit about uh, those additional fundraisers outside that initial day of giving. Yeah, so um, one thing that we did is uh, my basketball coach, Coach Mack, helped me develop a free throw fundraiser. Um, and we just reached out to family and friends who would be willing to pledge a dollar, two dollars, 50 cents, whatever uh, they felt comfortable pledging per made free throw. And then we all shot 100 free throws and reached back out um, and, and told them how many we made and, and raised money that way. So we raised right around uh, $4,000 through that. The men's and women's basketball team participated in that. Um, and then my team of, of students um, fundraising, we not only have been focusing on LBC through the day of giving, yes, we can, but we've also been reaching out to other businesses and um, outside community. And we've gotten um, a handful of um, $5,000 donations from businesses. So 
Um, we plan on continuing to do that. Um, and um, we haven't hit our $100,000 goal yet. And we, we want to keep working towards that throughout the rest of the year to, to hit that goal. Tyler, uh, one, one of the things that uh, you're doing is you're doing a really hard project of raising money. Uh, and you're asking students to get behind it, businesses, whatever. What have you truly learned about fundraising at this point? <laughs> it's difficult. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've said this multiple times to, to my teammates, but, but also whoever I'm talking to, that I have a whole new respect for the advancement department and the marketing department here at LBC. Um, it is not easy raising money. And a lot of people are very uncomfortable fundraising and, and asking for money. And I think the biggest lesson that I've learned through all these different conversations um, is that I was talking about this with one of my professors, Dr. Ed, and he said that um, our perspective isn't right about it sometimes because because sometimes we may view it selfishly, like when we're asking other people for money, but really what we're doing is we are asking people to be a part of what God's doing. And if we truly believe in the mission of LBC, I truly believe in the mission of LBC, then we know that God is behind this and that uh, this is a part of what he's doing through Lancaster Bible College. So um, that is the heart and the message that has to be communicated because, you know, um, sure, sure, like money is important and we need it to grow, but really it's, it's a part of, it's about being a part of what God's doing and, and just being part of the body of Christ. I think one of the things that impressed me, uh, so much was that next day, uh, after the, the gift was given, you came in and, and sort of jokingly, but at the same time said, all right, what's next? What else? You guys need light? <laughs> you guys want locker rooms? You got, you know, it was kind of, you know, funny in a sense, but at the same time, it showed your passion for, for the project to not end on February 3rd or February 5th or whatever the day was. Um, what are some things that the group is thinking about uh, doing as you continue to raise funds throughout this year? You mentioned uh, that you want to get to that $100,000 goal uh, of raising money and you're about halfway there currently. Uh, but again, the, the stadium project is funded and construction is going to begin in mid-March. So what are some other things that you've heard from uh, from the various people uh, you've probably heard from uh, about some projects that are going to be done on campus? Yeah, so um, near future, meaning the rest of this year, we're actually going to still fundraise for the stadium because what we want to do is continue to try to get businesses to pledge $5,000. And the incentive for that is that their business name is, is uh, going to be plaqued somewhere on the entrance of the stadium. Um, and the reason that um, we're continuing the fundraise for the stadium is because the million dollar donation that was given wasn't just for the stadium. It was for LBC capital projects. So if we raise another $50,000, then that's $50,000 not taken out of the million that gets to be plugged into wherever else our business department sees fit. Um, so basically there could always, you know, we, we can always be growing. We can always be putting money somewhere. Um, but then um, 
more long-term, something that uh, Pete Beers, Matt Mason, who's in our business department, and then uh, Larry um, Hope and I met about this past week is we want to do something um, to both take care of our baseball and softball teams, but also complete our student center. So what that could potentially look like is, is maybe the next big project after this stadium is built is a swap of Miller Hall and the student center. So we, we would renovate the second floor of the student center up to code, um, counseling center, LBC stops, the bookstore, all that stuff would be on the second, second floor so that that building really is an all-purpose student center. That's like you're, you're building one stop for, for everything you need as a student. And then Miller Hall um, would be turned into more of uh, more for athletic purposes. And the weight room could potentially be moved down to the uh, first floor of Miller Hall and hopefully expanded. It would be awesome to see the weight room get expanded as well because that's something for athletes and non-athletes. And um, and to have a bigger space where more non-athletes feel comfortable to, to utilize, that would be great. Um, and then the upstairs of Miller would be um, more team rooms for baseball, softball, and potentially lacrosse, as well as indoor batting cages for, for baseball and softball. And, and I definitely have a heart for, for baseball and softball because um, right now, you know, in the winter months, they have to go to the nook to practice and, and uh, they don't really have a spot to, to be or hang out um, since that second floor of the student center got closed down a couple years ago. So I would love to see something to, to take care of them. Um, but I would also love to see one thing that I said in chapel um, on the day of the, uh, on February 3rd was that, you know, this is a whole school effort. This isn't just athletics. Like we want to see this event bless the whole school community in the future. So um, I think that this big project, if it were to happen soon, it would, it would be a both and it would bless athletes and um, our whole, our whole uh, campus. Um, and then, you know, once we get there, what's the next thing? So <laughs> just like you said, I came in the day after I, we, I want to keep going no matter how much growth that we see. So. Well, Tyler, it's been great hearing your heartbeat behind a little bit of all the day of giving and stuff. And I know one of the things you guys have talked about is hopefully making this an annual event. And I think you guys have learned a lot. So hopefully we'll, we'll see a little bit more of this in the future as well. Um, we want to just get to know you a little bit too. Uh, so I, I started something last week with uh, one of your teammates and and I think anytime we have a student on, we're probably going to do this 94 seconds with Bob. So I got a bunch of questions. Going to put you on the clock. Uh, I think I went over 94 seconds last week just by a few. But anyway, I, I will start a timer here. You can't see it, but I, I will know what it is. So here we go. Uh, what year are you at LBC? Senior. And what's your major? Business administration. What do you, what do you see yourself doing with that uh, after you graduate? Or what do you see yourself doing after LBC? Yeah, I'm going to join my family business, which is an apple orchard in Wolcott, New York. And uh, so you're a basketball player. And how old were when you started playing basketball? Four years old. Dad got me into it really early. Yeah. Uh, if you could change one rule about basketball, 
what would it be? Man, that's a tough question, Bob. Um, I would like the game to not as many foul calls. Like I, I would like to the game to be more physical like it used to be, uh, you know, back in like the 80s and stuff like that. Are you, are you going to see players own their fouls quicker, though, than what they do today? <laughs> Probably not, Bob. <laughs> uh, yeah, if we go back to the 50s, I think I recall players raising their hands saying, yep, that was me. So, uh, <laughs> uh, who's the best teammate on any team you've ever been on? Man, wow. Um, best teammate, man. You know what? I'm – I'm going to give Tyler Hilton a shout out. He's been big for me this year. So that, um, and it's just been awesome to see how much he's grown the past four years. So it's been cool to be on the journey alongside him. What is the, uh, the next time you think men's basketball is going to win a NEAC championship? I think it definitely would have been this year. Maybe not <laughs> if we had it. So I love this team and, and to be honest, they're not losing much next year. So I'd say next year they're going to win it. Uh, you're wearing number 24. Last year you wore number three. What's the number to wear here? 24. My, my nickname is Tenor24. Um, I gave it up last year for a teammate um, for like a sentimental reason that, that he needed that number. But 24 is my number. And uh, you mentioned earlier, you're from Wolcott, New York, right? Mm -hmm. Is that truly where you're from, Tyler? <laughs> oh, Bob. All right. I am from, my home is South Butler, New York, but the town is so small that we don't even have uh, our own, uh, our own like zip code. So my address actually says Savannah, but my school district was Wolcott. And, and that's where our business is too. So I always just say I'm from Wolcott. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe if I recall, you've even been from Syracuse at one point. Oh, Bob, who, who from down here knows Syracuse or knows Wolcott, man? So you got to start bigger. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. We got to start somewhere. So um, yeah, that, this has been great. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, thank you, Tyler, for coming on. I will say, too, that uh, I'm excited that you're going to work at this apple orchard because you've brought those the past couple of years. They're the best apples I've ever had. <laughs> we have apple orchards down here, but, man, I know people from Adams County aren't going to want to hear this, but I'm telling you, Wolcott, New York, is the place to be for apples. There's, they're humongous. They're like watermelons, but it's an apple. And so it's <laughs> eat it, but you, it, oh, it's, they're delicious. So I'm excited to uh, see you again next fall somewhere down the road uh, at a men's basketball game there. You can bring some apples with you. So that'll be well, great. Will do, Zach. Will do. Well, Zach, I think that's a hint to mom and dad right now that uh, when they watch this or listen to it, uh, maybe you'll see an apple or two come down uh, on one of their next trips. Literally, you can only bring one or two with you in the car. <laughs> Is that <laughs> Hey, quick story behind that, Zach. So I, I can't say that all our apples were like are like that and the apples that were huge that you're talking about they were actually recalls at our packing house because they're so big man <laughs> but we knew they were good we knew they were tasty so how can we utilize them best hey man let's bring them to school <laughs> for the re recall everything then it was no, fantastic so <laughs> excellent. well tyler thank you very much for uh, for joining us here for a little while we appreciate you uh in a lot of different ways in the athletic department and uh, i know the entire school 
uh, is getting to know uh, your heart and your work uh, with this uh, Stadium Give project. So really appreciate it. Look forward to you uh, on March 8th at our groundbreaking ceremony and uh, obviously on the basketball court here the last couple of weeks of the regular season. So thank you again, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. See ya. Again, that's uh, Tyler Norris from our men's basketball team. And uh, Bob, you and I have known Tyler for, for several years now. He's a senior on the basketball team. But uh, passion is not something he lacks. No, passion is not. Sarcasm is not either. Uh, <laughs> and Tyler does know how to have a good time. So if you haven't uh, figured it out, he likes to laugh a lot. He likes to, to have a good thing. But one thing he does, he does put a lot of energy and effort into whatever he's doing. So that's uh, been a pretty neat thing. And uh, I, I credit to his parents. They have done a, just an amazing job uh, doing, uh, teaching them what a hard work ethic is and, and, and everything. So that's pretty cool. Absolutely. And uh, it's been fun to watch him grow on and off the floor. I know uh, like our, our guest uh, in a couple of minutes, Tyler Hilton, he's had three coaches in four years, but uh, his effort and his passion has not waned or changed uh, mm -hmm. time. So uh, LBD has been lucky to have Tyler Norris uh, on its campus and, uh, looking for great things uh, ahead in uh, his, his career as a, as a professional, as, as a businessman, things like that. So uh, it's been fun to get to know him. And uh, it's always fun to hear what he has to say to you, uh, <laughs> giving you a hard time. When he's, <laughs> he rarely starts with hello. I know that. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's been fun to, to uh, get to know him. Uh, real quickly, before we have uh, Tyler Hilton join us here on the podcast, just want to Mentioned a couple of things that happened the past couple of uh, past couple of days of the past week. Uh, we were on last week here on a Friday, same uh, this week. Uh, the men's basketball team uh, split a weekend uh, series with Salisbury uh, last week. They did not play very well Friday night in a 78-60 loss, but then played perhaps one of their better games of the season uh, about 16 hours later uh, as they uh, defeated Salisbury 67-65. Um, Bob, I don't know if you had a chance to watch some of those games or not. Um, there wasn't much to watch Friday night, uh, but Saturday the team did play very well. And I think, uh, you know, Tyler mentioned that he thinks the team is a strong team this year. And I think one of the marks of a strong team is when you can bounce back from a bad loss the next day and put together a strong 40 minutes like they did. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, we saw them play Salisbury at home. And uh, again, Salisbury, Salisbury is a very tall team um, and they're, they're just a very well-disciplined team. And that showed again in that first game, the, the Friday night game. Uh, but Saturday, you know, I, I was texting with a couple of the guys uh, after the game Friday night and it is not what they wanted or they, they knew they wanted to come out. And it definitely gave them the opportunity to, to dig deep and, and take a good look, hard look at themselves and say, okay, what is Saturday going to be like? And they knew that they just had to be more disciplined in their, their plays and, and make it work. And uh, I'm not sure Salisbury was ready for that one on Saturday. Obviously, it was a very competitive game Saturday. Uh, and LBC ended up on the good side of that one. Yep, absolutely. I think uh, one of the things I talked to Coach Mack about uh, prior to going to Salisbury was last week was um, at St. Mary's on Tuesday and then a weekend series at Salisbury. Uh, and that looks a lot like a NEAC playoff run. You play Tuesday or Wednesday, and then you have the Final Four Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday. And I think last week was a good indicator of what this team is capable of, not only this year, but in the future. Tyler mentioned it. I believe he and Britain will not be back next year. That's, that's the plan anyway. I, think, I believe Tyler Hilton is going to try and play again because of this year you get back. 
So, you know, having to go on the road at St. Mary's and at Salisbury for two, you're not getting a harder test in the NEAC playoffs than that. So, and Salisbury is someone who was receiving votes earlier in the year for the D3 Hoops uh, top 15 poll. Uh, they're good every single year. Same with St. Mary's, who will be in the NEAC next year. That midweek trip to St. Mary's, like we talked about last week, that, that's not an easy trip to make. It's far. And so when you can get down there off the bus and, and put together 40 minutes like they did, that's a good sign that you have a team who's focused and ready to play. Same thing with going to a Salisbury or going to a Penn State Harrisburg like they may have to do again. Who knows? Uh, to play two games back-to-back like that against strong competition, that takes a lot out of you. And so how can you play those last couple of minutes? I think the thing I was impressed with on Saturday, in addition to the solid play overall, was they started losing. Uh, they were down five with you know five, six minutes to go. And we've seen that movie before where five turns into 10, turns into 15, and ugh. But they didn't, they didn't fold. They, they kept with it. And that's what you're going to have to do in a NEAC final. That's what you're going to have to do in a NEAC semifinal or just a random road trip on a weekend. There's hard places to play in the NEAC, whether it's traveling to Morrisville State for a Saturday game, traveling to St. Mary's at Penn State Harrisburg, you know, a couple other places where it's just tough to play at Gallaudet. It's a huge gym and it's, it's, it's quiet. We've talked about that before on the podcast. Like we have tough places to play on the road in the NEAC uh, for our men's and women's basketball teams and a lot of our other teams too. But when the men's basketball team can go down and, and, and do a job and then finish off a job like that after, you know, not playing well Friday night and then falling behind on Saturday, I think it's a big deal for the program. And they can point to that in this offseason. You know, a lot of people have said, why are we playing this schedule? What are we doing? Uh, things like that. The lessons that we're learning in this condensed season are really, really going to apply for next year's team and the following year's team, things like that. These guys have seen uh, Salisbury uh, on their home floor trailing by five or six with five minutes to go. Um, you know, no offense, but th- the tests aren't going to be harder than that in what we're going to do in conference. So uh, I think it's a big deal for the team to, to be playing this schedule and to, to overcome things like that. And, and they can look back and, you know, when you're in the huddle, Coach Mack can say to them, we've done this before. And they all know that they have. I think it's a big mm-hmm. deal. I, I think also one of the things I think this team is learning very quickly too is Occasionally, uh, like at Penn State Harrisburg last year and at Dell State, uh, the Division I school that they played earlier, um, here you are, you're up and, and at the end of the game and uh, just not able to get the shot off that you really need to to get the bucket that you want. And, and I don't think this is our team, but I think sometimes it can feel this way that um, are we playing to win or are we playing not to lose? And playing not to lose is not the best way to, to do it because you already put all the points up. You got to keep scoring the scoring the buckets. And and so playing keep away is not the, the, the greatest way to do it. And like I said, I don't think that's what uh, Coach Mack's plan is at all. I think it is hard, though, to get in that mindset like, man, if we can just get that clock to run off a couple more seconds. You and I often talk about it at the table of like, why can't that clock be at zero right now? <laughs> you know, when instead of uh, 180 ticks left, it's like, dang, uh, w- let's go, let's get this finished. But uh, those are the hard lessons to learn. And I think that's one of the best lessons that they got from Salisbury. They were up, went down five, and they figured out how to score. And uh, doing it on the road, that is tough. It, it really is, especially. Now, I, it, this year is so unique though, too. And the fact that there's no real fans in this in the place and everything, um, and so that that obviously is always going to play different. But you know, if we go back to our decade series, 
talking about that uh, Abington game years ago where we were down 20 some points, came back and won the game in overtime. Uh, that's where the fans made a big difference. In my opinion, they, they were player number six on the floor and uh, it definitely, it definitely helps, but um, it's great when the guys can figure out how to overcome adversity and keep persevering and learn from the lesson of the night before. Absolutely. I think it's a, it's a big lesson. I think the guys are doing a great job and the coaching staff doing a great job of preparing for future seasons by using this season for more than just let's win a few games, let's do a few things, stuff like that. I think it's, it's been great to see them learn and, and you can tell that it's working. So um, the men's basketball team was scheduled. We're taping this on Friday, uh, the 19th. They were scheduled to play at Karen tonight. Uh, that game has been moved to March 1st and Karen will be at our place on Saturday the 20th at seven o'clock. The women will play at 4.30 uh, on the 20th. So both games will be at, in Lancaster tomorrow, the 20th, and then both games will be in Langhorn on the March 1st. Uh, speaking of the women's basketball team, they have not played this week. They've had a little time off. Uh, they'll play Karen, like we just said, uh, here on Saturday, and then uh, play a couple times next week as well. So uh, a little break here in the middle part of the schedule for the women's basketball team, but they're gonna play a lot of games here coming up, um, one on Saturday and then three next week as well. So. Looking forward to them, uh, hopefully getting into the win column here. I know they've had some good practices this week. Uh, again, as much as it's been nice for the men to play these games and get their work in that way with an established roster and team, it's been just as good for the women's basketball team who has a lot of new players uh, learning a new system with a new coach. It's been just as good for them to practice uh, and you know, get healthy uh, and things like that. So looking forward to seeing them play on Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, I should say. And uh, again, those three games next week, uh, one of them will be at home uh, on Tuesday. So looking forward to that uh, as well on the women's side. Uh, men's volleyball is our last team to recap here quickly. Uh, they played their first two home matches of the season uh, on Wednesday night. And uh, of the 10 sets we could have played, we played nine. It was, a, it was a long evening, but for a good reason. So the men won three to one in the first match. I would say uh, controlled three of those four sets. The ones that they won, they did not play very well in the third set where they lost. but came back and took the fourth set, uh, but then struggled out of the gates uh, in the second match, went down 0-2 and uh, fought off a match point in the third set as well and, and won that set before uh, they had a stranglehold in the fourth set and kind of let Keen back in a little bit there uh, towards the middle part, but again, regained control and then uh, kind of blew the doors off of Keen in the fifth set there, taking it 15-5. to five. So uh, down 0-2 to a, a five-set victory, uh, big deal for the guys too there. I think that's a good uh, early season lesson. Again, I don't exactly know how the rest of the season is going to play out in terms of a schedule for the men's volleyball team. We're still working through that, uh, but a good lesson to learn. And uh, we're, we're 14 and 14 now in five set matches all time at Lancaster Bible men's volleyball. So our first one in, in about two years, three years, I should mention, uh, or maybe with two, I honestly forget that uh, we beat Wells doing the same kind of thing, a, a reverse sweep there going down 0-2 and then winning 3-2. So uh, a good win. I think uh, for those who watched, uh, the men's volleyball team is different than it's been the past three years. Um, there's still great hitters and lots of athleticism, but it just, it's different. They, they grind a little bit more, but it's almost more rewarding than when they win the point and win the match. Not that it wasn't fun <laughs> the last couple of years to just, you know, crush teams and be done with it or, you know, compete with that high level uh, of program. And I think that this team can do that. Uh, but there's a little more grind to it. And it's fun to see players who haven't played the past couple of years because there's been other guys in front of them for whatever reason 
uh, contribute. Uh, it's fun to watch Hunter Davis in the middle. Uh, it's fun to watch Kyron slam a couple uh, from the outside and things like that. And, and Elijah Herb getting a chance to play and things like that. So uh, that's been fun. And it's a good group of guys. Again, surprise, uh, Jay Brubaker's guys are always fun and, and good guys. So uh, Bob, what were some of your thoughts on Wednesday? You were there for the, the duration of the day as well. Well, well, first off, uh, about the team, like you're describing, it is an incredibly unique group or cast of characters. There's just, uh, you watch them, they have a blast being together, but they are all uh, just some, some good guys. The flow of hair that Elijah Herb has going on, uh, make sure people check, check out a men's volleyball game. You'll identify him very quickly, uh, but he's just great. There, he's fun. Uh, and you've mentioned it. Um, there's just a, a, a good set of new guys that have had to step up because, you know, they, they don't have uh, some of the just raw natural talent that, that we've seen in the past. But their, their raw natural talent is just really developing. And that was such a solid win on Wednesday. You're right. I think match one, uh, we kind of thought, you know, match two might be very similar and stuff. Um, I think I looked at you partway through uh, the first or second game of the second match. I'm like, did our guys like all sleep? What happened here and stuff? But uh, something did change in that third set or the third, the third game of the second match. And boy, oh boy, you know, they determined they were not going to lose. And Keen has just had a solid, solid program for many years and, and everything. And I'm not sure. I think Keen thought they had that second match pretty much wrapped up as well. Um, it was pretty quiet as those guys were leaving uh, the uh, Horse Athletic Center after the second match, and and LBC does the reverse sweep. You know, uh, what what a great experience! Now, uh, it's going to be good. You know, they've got a, a match tomorrow, I believe, and they lost two to those uh, guys last weekend. So, can they turn this around and uh, avenge the losses of last weekend? We'll see. Um, I, they know that they have the opportunity and the capability of doing it, and. I'm, I'm excited to see that tomorrow. Absolutely, yeah. They play Southern Virginia tomorrow, the 20th at 1 o'clock. Uh, getting all those games. Uh, tomorrow will be on the, the Chargers Sports Network. I'll be nice and hoarse by the time we're done uh, uh, tomorrow after the men's basketball game. But, uh, yeah, it's a good it's a good um, test for them to play Southern Virginia uh, after last week. Uh, and, you know, playing in our gym seems to help the guys a little bit. Um, Southern Virginia hasn't been up to our gym before, so we'll see how that goes. And then, Next week, get to play Wilson and Karen uh, as well. Um, and we'll have some things uh, for you the following week, too, where we're going to play Cornerstone uh, from Mountain Michigan, uh, led by former LBC alum Alex Bond. So we're looking forward to having him on the podcast and talk a little bit about his journey from LBC, uh, but also uh, to talk about some men's volleyball here coming up. So uh, just an update overall. The NEAC presidents, I believe, are going to meet next week and uh, officially confirm the schedule. But it sounds like it's going to be a yes for spring sports as well as uh, different things uh, that way and having a, a normal championship season. So we'll look forward to that. And, uh, just, you know, it, it's fun for these guys to get to play matches and do different things that way. So uh, really, really happy for everybody who's been a part of the program and stuck with it through uh, all this COVID uh, mess. And uh, really looking forward to a spring season where we can have some normalcy and, and see those athletes play, especially the ones who had their season taken from them uh, last year. So, uh, yeah, we're going to look forward to having Tyler Hilton on here in just a moment, and uh, we'll bring you that uh, here in a minute. 
We're joined by men's basketball senior Tyler Hilton. Tyler, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Appreciate that. So uh, just jumping right into it, uh, you're a senior on this year's team and uh, fellow seniors, Britton Beachy and Tyler Norris. Uh, this is your third coach in four years, your second with, uh, with Coach Mack. What are some lessons that you've learned perhaps uh, from all three of the coaches, or you can pick one out specifically from Coach Mack, uh, that you've kind of used a lot this year as this been sort of obviously a strange year where uh, it's a different kind of season, but uh, it's turning into a rather important season for both you and the men's basketball team. Yeah, um, each spring there are different qualities. Like um, my first coach, Philzen, like I really relied on his offensive like mindset to, like this year, like how to really attack to how really like to be really aggressive. Um, wing green, uh, just playing smart um, on both ends and uh, using good shot selections too. And Coach Mack has brought it all to the table, like spiritual, being a better person, um, being a better man, and just being an overall contributor to the, this year's team. And uh, Coach Mack has helped a lot of guys grow spiritually and as men uh, on and off the court. And that's what I really like about this whole program. That's great. And uh, I appreciate you saying that about Coach Mack. I think that's one of the best things that he does bring to the table is it's, it's a well-rounded type of thing. It's basketball, but it's so much more than that as well. And I, I can see that coming from the program uh, day in and day out. Um, you've gotten chances to play in the past, uh, both for all, all of your coaches and uh, it seems like different times of the season as well. You, you've had different spurts throughout your career, uh, but you've really put it together this year and it's been the whole entire year. Uh, and even I think I was talking to, to Coach Archer one day, just kind of said, you know, Tyler's been our best player since we started practicing in October. This isn't new for us. It may seem new to everyone else, but he's been one of our best players since we began practicing in October. What do you think has clicked for you uh, throughout this entire academic year? Um, honestly, it's just my mindset coming into this year. Um, by taking nothing for granted and playing with a lot of confidence. Like, I felt like the last two years I lacked confidence and lacked that confidence in myself. And this year, I finally felt like it clicked and like clicked like in every aspect of the game. Like I know me and Coach Archer has uh, we've been talking since the spring about this upcoming year and we started uh, watching film. We started like he gave me a workout plan and really helped me get to this point. And I credit a lot of my success to him because I wouldn't be here without him. And so everyone's always described you. You mentioned, you know, working hard and, and taking that, uh, that plan and putting it into practice. Everyone's always described you as a hard worker, great teammate, someone who's reliable. What motivates you to be those things, even perhaps when you weren't playing the first couple of years? Um, I like uh, leading by example by my work ethic. I feel like that's really key. Uh, my parents gave me my work ethic. Like I've seen my dad and my mom work super hard. And that's where I get it from. And obviously, yes, it carries on to the court, but those other qualities carry on too, because whenever you like lead with your work ethic, work ethic, other things we're going to follow about like caring for your teammates, um, about like being a leader, just like communicating with the guys. Excellent. And uh, I think one of the things that I've noticed with the leaders on this year's team is that they've kind of been able to deal with whatever comes their way, uh, whether it be uh, a global pandemic uh, or, you know, rescheduling of games uh, or only practicing in the fall, things like that. How have you and the other leaders kind of helped 
keep the team motivated, but also kind of navigate through this strange process? Yeah, um, I honestly feel like having three different coaches has, has helped us get, like throughout this whole process because like all those uncertainties, like whenever like a new coach is getting hired or even like the uncertainty of what the system is, like that's how we're like approaching this pandemic. Like whatever happens, it's God's plan. And we're, we're all on the same page of trying to uh, use this platform for Christ and really explain expand our platform um to really share the gospel if the other teams are playing because most of these teams that we're playing this year are higher up and uh, we played a couple of division one schools like we wouldn't have those opportunities in the past if it wasn't for covid excellent that's a great way to think about it for sure uh what were some of those experiences like we kind of touched on it last week with jordan a little bit when we had him on the podcast but you know obviously you get the the phone call that, hey, you need to pack because we're going down to Lynchburg to play Liberty, or hey, we're going to go play Dell State and, you know, we're going to have a lead late in the game and we have a chance to win. What what of those I don't know, opportunities, but at the same time, just kind of big deals in your basketball career, what have they meant to you? Um, They mean a lot, like having those opportunities to go play Division One schools and seeing like where we're at as a program. And I felt like we really made a statement whenever we went up to Delaware State and played them and almost had a chance to win. We just couldn't hold on the lead the last two minutes. And that opportunity at Liberty was incredible. Like the whole Liberty, uh, the people that run that run it up there gave us an amazing opportunity, like how they treated us once we got there, like the coach coming into our locker room after the game, giving us a message, like those are memories that will last forever. And no matter what happens, like on the scoreboard, like the scoreboard that day, like we're going to remember what happened. Well, yeah, and and along with that, I mean, Liberty's a team that is likely going to be in the March Madness tournament, and uh, you guys had the opportunity uh, to experience that, so that's pretty cool. Tyler, you, uh, um, I remember you coming in as a freshman. I I even remember you coming to campus before you were a freshman. Uh, I I what what has I know you said your parents have given you that strong work ethic. Has that just been uh, paramount like all through your life that that you've always been there either lifting or throwing up shots or whatever? Uh, when, when did that really start with you? Um, it really started in high school whenever I wanted to prove people wrong. Um, I was always told I'm not going to be good enough to be like a contributor on a good high school team or I'm not strong enough or I'm too skinny to play. And that really like drove me to where I'm at today, like obviously yes lifting is a big part of college basketball and you got to be in the weight room to, so you're stronger and just so you're you hold your own on defense and yeah like obviously getting shots up is awesome but it's way more than that like you got to be watching film you got to be like stretching you got to be taking care of your body so you can perform at a high level day in and day out you know uh, coach mac is is really uh encouraged and impressed by uh, how you have turned around even from last year to this year. And in fact, you're one of the captains this year as well. What's it been like to, to go from the naysayers of high school to know that you have that leadership opportunity now at Lancaster Bible College? Um, it's incredible. Like having this opportunity to lead these group of guys, like it's a blessing. Like being a captain, like stretches you a lot. Like it uh, gets you out of your comfort zone. You get to call out guys 
and it just stretches you as a person. And that's like what I enjoyed most about this process throughout this year is just being stretched um, to be uncomfortable. And if I wasn't a captain, I'd still be leading. Uh, a, a captain's just a title. You can be a leader no matter what the, your title is. That's very true. It's very true. I, uh, I, I tell you what, um, because of COVID, uh, like Zach and I haven't been around, been able to be around student athletes as much as we wanted, but boy, your name was one that kept popping up uh, all fall and even into the, the season as it started. So uh, your, your example is definitely uh, preceding you wherever you're going. And, and that's pretty cool. Let's take uh, 94 seconds here and get to know you a little bit more as well. Um, what, what major are you at, or what year are you at LBC? I'm a senior, but I graduated in December. Okay. Um, my major is a business administration, but I'm minoring in youth and young adult ministry. Okay. So what do you think you might do with that once you graduate? Um, I want to open up my own sports ministry and use my youth and young adult um, like degree to like apply to sports like basketball and football and like that stuff. So uh, basketball is actually a, a big passion for you. Did you play other sports then in high school too? Um, I played baseball up till my freshman year of high school. My high school was too big or else yeah. I would play football and stuff. How old were you when you started playing basketball? Um, probably five years old. And uh, uh, who, here's a really tough one. On any team that you've ever been on, who's been the best teammate you've ever had? Oh, wow. Um, that's a great question. Whew. Um, I gotta say Luke Beers. Yeah. Um, just to, like his influence in my life and like how he led and like how he pushed me to be better is probably the best teammate I ever had. That's really cool. Um, what we, we've talked about some good memories here. What is the most memorable game that you've ever played in? Um, Probably Salisbury, to be honest, um, just because that's the most recent one. And that was a really big win for us. Like we were, we just lost by 20 the day before. And we knew we had to come in and make a statement and bounce back. And that was a really good stepping stone for this program. For to sure. Back that way. For sure. So your teammates call you Tyler, maybe. Some of them call you T.Y. Others call you Terrence. Where has Terrence come from? Um, that actually came from Chris Rich. So since I'm from Lancaster County, he thinks I'm Amish. So he calls me Terrence Yoder. <laughs> okay. So you even went with the TY. I, that's very true. And uh, apparently you have a pregame meal every game. What is that? Um, personally, I like uh, ham and cheese before a game because it sits well. But this year I've been going to like a uh, – like a cheesesteak before each game. Oh, wow. Very cool. Uh, who's your favorite NBA player? Clay Thompson. And if you could play on any NBA team, which team would it be? Um, the Miami Heat. Very cool. Uh, you've had two numbers at LBC. You're number 20. No, you're number two this year, I guess. And yeah. you've been number 20 in the past. What's, what's the number you want to go with? Um, number two. Definitely. Yeah. Why I feel that? like, why is that? Because I've worked 20 my whole life and I just felt like the last couple of years have been slacking. So I wanted to change it up and I chose number two for a reason. So 
before the season, I told Jalen, I want to get uh, my second NEAC chip. So num the number two is to remind me to keep going towards that goal. That's pretty cool. Very cool. And what's the, uh, what, what's the best class you've taken at LBC so far? Um, I really like the leadership class in the business uh, program. Very cool. Well, thanks, Tyler. It's been, it's been great getting to know you a little bit here and uh, uh, looking forward to Karen tomorrow night. And uh, you got a couple more big games. Uh, you guys have been on the road quite a bit. And so it's going to be a little bit more fun for us to have you guys at home. Yeah, I'm excited to be back at home. It felt like a month or two that we haven't played there. <laughs> Nice. Well, yeah, thank you, Tyler, for, for joining us here uh, on the podcast. We really appreciate it. And uh, like Bob said, we're looking forward to the rest of your season and looking forward to uh, the great things to come here in the future for both you and the men's basketball program. So thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All right. So that was uh, Lang Survival Men's Basketball senior Tyler Hilton. appreciate him coming by and uh, being able to chat for a little while. That was great information from him, uh, on the floor, some off the floor stuff. That was great to hear. And uh, I think like you mentioned, Bob, uh, he was someone who was literally in the gym before he was enrolled and uh, has, is just a gym rat and just loves it. And uh, he's always in there. And I know uh, Jalen has talked about him being a real big uh, jump for the team this year and uh, being able to spend time with Jalen and, and, and watch film. I think that's taken it to a whole new level uh, for both him and other guys who can uh, play on the men's basketball team. Well, he, he spoke very clearly about it. It's a confidence thing. You know, I think, the last three years, you and I have always heard, man, T.Y., he's, he's a great practice player. He's putting up shots. They're just going in left and right. And then the opportunities would come in games. And it's not that he wasn't trying, but shots just weren't dropping. And, and that, that kills confidence. But I'm glad to see that the confidence has grown. Uh, I think he's just grown tremendously as a young man as well in his time at LBC. And I think, Coach, you know, give – give credit to Tyler for the work and effort that he's put into it, both um, physically in the game, but then spiritually as well. And I give credit to coach Mack for the impact that he's been making on, on him as a young man as well. And the entire team for that matter. Yep, absolutely. And then the way he works, it's hard not to follow his example. And he was talking about leading by example, and he's a great uh, person to look at for that. So it's, it's, it's nice to see him rewarded with both playing time, but then also, points scored and big buckets. And, and he's right. Uh, his game against Salisbury last Saturday was impressive. And uh, there was no fear going to the basket, big free throws at the end. And uh, he's really put it all together. And it's nice to see someone uh, who works that hard rewarded uh, with some good things happening between the lines uh, when it counts. So appreciate yeah. you coming on. And uh, that'll do it for the Tyler portion of our podcast, I think. <laughs> so uh, no, I do want to mention uh, the grill. Uh, he mentioned, Tyler mentioned cheesesteaks. I hope he's going to the grill. Uh, before those games, uh, for those cheesesteaks there on uh, 241 West Roseville Road there in Lancaster. And uh, great cheesesteaks, great fries. we got to get there, Bob. Uh, I know, we do. At, uh, you know, Maybe one of these days we could actually broadcast from there. That would be great. Uh, we'll do it. We'll wait, wait till we can get outside. Uh, maybe a little less snow on the ground for me, but you can do whatever you want. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, but, but yeah, we'd love to highlight what they're doing. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, we'll have to highlight some of those other businesses uh, Norris was talking about, too. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty cool for them to be investing in LBC athletics and, and uh, everything that's going on at Lancaster Bible College. It's, it's just, it's pretty cool. It is. It's a cool time to be involved with the institution. It's a cool time to be involved with the athletic department. Uh, again, uh, there's a lot of teams that wish they were playing right now and we're getting the opportunity to do that. Um, 
through hard work and commitment and then safety protocols and, and things like that. But it, it's nice to have a five set match. It's nice to talk to guys uh, playing men's basketball, things like that. So we're very blessed, very fortunate to, to have these things happening. Uh, looking forward to more good things here as we wrap up February, head into March and hopefully some warmer weather. I'm snowed out. So it, it, does it feel like we're in a snow globe and somebody just keeps picking it up and shaking it? Yes, unfortunately <laughs> it does. And they're shaking it with ice and snow and just no thank you. So <laughs> you putting the snow blower into the back of the shed and getting it out from the front of the shed. Uh, that, that, I'm done with that. So Yeah, that, we, we don't need snow for baseball and lacrosse and softball games. That's just and I know the track team's ready to have a track back. So Absolutely. And it is so cold. There's no trees anywhere on that side of the campus. So uh, no, I'm ready for the sun. I'm ready to wear short sleeves and then and, and see some lawnmowers rather than snowblowers. That's for sure. Yep, it's coming. That's for sure. Now, thank you for joining us uh, today. Uh, for Bob McMichael, I'm Zach Freeman. We'll see you here on the broadcast on the Chargers Sports Network this weekend and early next week. And go Chargers, go. Mm -hmm.